0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are in the book of Exodus today. We have been reading in our recap. How is that going? Hmm? <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one from you, Diane. Okay. 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 It's going good. It's going good. I th- I'm looking forward to Leviticus actually this time. I really, really am. Uh, her take on things. Um, enjoying it. Enjoying it. What about who's ready for a Super Bowl tonight? Is anybody watching Super Bowl? Like any, any Niners, 49er fans in here? No. Chiefs? who's watching it for Taylor? I knew it. <laughs> That's what I told Shelly Myers. I said, I know your house is rooting for Taylor's boyfriend tonight. I know that, right? Who's just there for the food that gets fixed? There we go, Robin. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I, I asked Amy, Amy asked about foods on her little post. I said, does popcorn count? Cause that may be, I don't know what we'll, we'll have either. Um, so it's Super Bowl night. Love it. Lump it. You've probably already seen the commercials. We had that discussion yesterday. You don't even have to wait anymore to watch commercials at halftime. It's already been released out there, right? Uh, but you know, I was thinking about different ones having parties or gatherings or whatever it looks like for you tonight. But you know, some people may choose to just be in and watch it alone. I don't know. I mean, like, it's not that I choose to watch it alone. I tend to run my fellows out of the room when I'm watching football. Like Thomas is making plans out in the, you know, man cave out there to do other projects so that he's not listening to the screaming in the house. Um, but it got me thinking about, you know, we get kind of hyped up sometimes about gatherings. We've just come through holidays, right? But loneliness is something that plagues this generation like I just don't know that I've ever seen. And even though they, I don't know who they are, but even though they tell us that we are living in the most informed, connected generation there is, we have a plague of loneliness in people. Like it, it doesn't, being online doesn't equate community. I, I know that we can find people that we connect with and we do converse and we do make those connections, but it, it got me to thinking, you know, why, why are we the loneliest when, when we can message people 24 seven now, and that's not always a good thing, by the way, like, you know, sometimes I, I silence my phone when I'm in sleep mode just to make sure I'm getting some sleep, right? Because my daughter has a tendency, by the way, to answer my text five hours later at one o'clock in the morning. I, any other mothers like that? Oh, I saw the looks. I saw that. It doesn't get better, Melissa. I'm telling you. Um, she, she texted me yesterday and, and Thomas said, what does she want? I said, she's just answering what I sent 24 hours ago. Like it, it's ir- irrelevant now, you know? So we live in this age where we're connected 24 seven, but guess what? That also means the enemy is now connected to you 24 seven. In my prayer time, um, a friend of ours who is a youth pastor out in Oklahoma, they've had some young people in their high school take their own life. And what I've pieced together is there was obviously some online bullying kind of stuff going on in their life. And, um, and it got me to think about that in this message today that even though we can think we're connected, it also has given a doorway for the enemy to now harass people 24-7, right? The problem is we've not yet acknowledged though because we think we can stay home and I can connect to who I want to and be selected, but we really have not acknowledged that we are made to be in community. We are made to have a relationship with God the Father. And that, yes, although, because you guys know me, I, I, I'm okay with technology and I do reach out and it has created ways for me to connect with people like no other. But at the same time, just like today, it has felt so empty to me with this stage being empty, right? And it's not just because they're not here to sing. It's because each person brings a personality that I'm used to it being a part of what we do. Because we're made to be in community with one another. We're made to worship. Oh, y'all sounded beautiful, by the way, this morning. I stopped to just sort of pray at one point and your voices just exploded behind me. And that does a pastor's heart good because that tells me you're here. Like, I worry on these kind of days, I, I, sickness happens and we roll with it and, and whatever. But I worry like, oh, God, will they feel as connected? I heard your voices. You are connecting this morning. And that, that sounded beautiful. We're made to worship. But the question this morning I want you to think about is who and what do we worship? Because everybody worships something or someone sometimes we have to ask what exactly are we worshiping so in exodus uh, chapter 32 verse 1 when the people saw how long it was taking moses to come back down the mountain they gathered around aaron come on they said make us some gods who can lead us We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us from the land of Egypt. So so Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, oh, Israel, there are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf, and then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. The people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings, and after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. Lord, this is your word today, and it's still alive and active, and it is still truth. And so, Father, may we hear the message that will change us because of who you are, in Jesus' name, amen. So these Israelites have been brought out of slavery. What we've been reading in our uh, study is them coming out of slavery from Egypt, right? And, And Moses has followed God's plan. He's led them to Mount Sinai now to worship God, and, and let's remember, can, can we just remember for a moment everything God, and, and this is just sort of the short list, what God has done for them. He's parted a sea to cross on dry ground. We kind of sang about that this morning. You split the sea so I could walk right through it. And you drowned my fears, a.k.a. the Egyptians, <laughs> and your perfect love, Right? So he parts a sea, they walk across. And by the way, you know, there's been some science that says, oh, well, this is probably how that happened. And it kind of does explain it, except for that dry ground part. How do you dry the bottom of a sea instantaneously to walk across it? Okay, That that one they can't quite get there. So he parts the sea, he swallows up the Egyptians in the process. He gives them victory over the Amalekites. That's the story where Moses, as long as his hands are up, they're winning. Everybody throws their hands up, right? And, and it stays there because as long as it stays there, they're winning. But every time it drops, they start losing. So Aaron and her do what? They start holding his hands up for him, right? I had, I had considered having somebody come stand up here and see if you could just hold your hands up the entire time I'm preaching. Like, it sounds very simple, but it's not. If you had one of the basketball coaches that would make you do that kind of stuff, you know it's not, right? And at Sinai now, God begins, he's, he's called Moses up onto the mountain. He begins to give his instructions. They've come out of, out of Egypt, and they need to relearn how to live, To honor God so he begins to give these instructions on how people should live their lives how it honors him and how they live their life they get the basic overview from Moses so you get the Ten Commandments right and you get some other just extensions from those Commandments on how to live your life how justice happens because these are things they've not thought about in 400 years they've been slaves they've just lived under the rule of Pharaoh And then Exodus 24, 3 says this, Moses went down to the people and repeated all this instructions and the regulations the Lord had given him. All the people answered with one voice, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. So they agree. They make an agreement. Okay, we're going to serve you, Lord, and do it the way you are telling us to do it. Have you ever made that similar cry to God before in your prayer time? I'll do whatever you want, Lord. Like I'm at the bottom of the pit, so I'll, I'll do whatever you want. Now, God calls Moses and Joshua. This is one of my God shots for my Wednesday night people. Uh, how have I missed? Joshua has been with him the entire time through this. Like somehow, like I, Thomas and I was asking him this morning, did, did you catch that? And he's like, Well, yeah, I guess I've always read it. I was like, yeah, I've always read it. But are you catching? He was right with Moses all the time. Like in the parts where Moses is in the tent of meeting in the presence of God, Joshua was there. This was a God moment for me to to really, because I've always thought, how did Joshua, well, that's down the road. We ain't got to Joshua and Caleb yet. But how did Joshua get to be the one that leads them in? Caleb was just as obedient right but Joshua God was getting him ready the entire time like he was there in the present okay that's on down the road we, ha- we haven't actually got to that it was just my aha moment but he calls Moses and Joshua come on up into the mountain I'm going to write all this stuff down I'm going to put it down so you don't forget we're going to put it on the the tablets and he gives instructions while they're up there. He goes into such detail that it almost bored me to tears. Now, you're the construction man. Maybe you, maybe you got those kind of chapters where you're reading about the tabernacle and how to build the tabernacle. And I'm just like, I can't see it. I can't see it. Thomas needs to draw it out in chalk because I'm not seeing this, you know. All these measurements and links and this, that's, that's hard for my brain to conceive. But I mean, he gets into detail how you're going to build every part of that tabernacle. He gets into detail about building the Ark of the Covenant that will hold the tablets, that will hold the manna in it, that they, you know, get sustained with. Like, he's a very detailed God. He gives them detail about how to build all the furnishings, the altars, and everything that's going to be used, even to the point of how to make the clothing for Aaron and the priest to wear. And it's amazing that this whole time that he's up here talking about Aaron serving him as priest, what's Aaron doing on the ground, right? He's falling, he's falling, but God is a very detail oriented God. Like there's nothing random. There's, there's no miscalculation down to the, the golden thread that would be weaved into the cloth. God has a plan and a purpose. But listen, all that gold that, that everybody so easily started throwing down. I mean, like if you was in the hood, you thought something was fixing to go down the way they were throwing them gold earrings in, right? All that gold, God had a purpose for it. And it wasn't what they were doing with it. You see, because we have to remember, where did this gold come from? Remember when they come out of Egypt, God had said, they're going to bless you. The Egyptians handed over all this gold and silver. And and now as I'm reading through this, I used to think, oh, because God is supplying what you need to go. No, they're in the middle of the wilderness. Where would they spend that cash, right? It was all about how God was going to use it in his tabernacle and in his worship that he wanted from his people. All that gold had a purpose. Now, someone can read this sometimes and they say, well, you know, it just seems like it's all about God. Like he just wants all that glory for himself. He's, he's too jealous. He just wants it all. First of all, he deserves it all. God, the creator. He deserves it all. And, and, and I want you to think about this again. Because God is sitting in a realm right now full of beauty that you and I can't even comprehend. Like trying to describe it in words in the Bible just won't do it justice. So it, it, it got me to thinking that, you know, if he's surrounded by all of this beauty, then what is this whole tabernacle that he needs to build? Right, all, of, all the instruction of getting it right in it and it is it's beautiful it's glorious for a a tabernacle that's going to be moved around right and this isn't even the full temple yet what what would god need with that church because god desires to be with us do you know that's what is broken that he's trying to redeem we kind of have an image that is backwards We think it's all about us trying to get up to heaven. God is trying to get down to us because that is what he created in the garden. He walked with Adam in the garden. Imagine that for a moment. I know we take, we take walks and we pray and we talk to God and we feel like God is somewhere listening. He walked with Adam. That's. The community he desires with his people and that's what he's trying to fix the entire time and this tabernacle is about making it where he can come down and be with his people again and when i began to think of that it kind of broke my heart because the whole time he's up here giving moses the layout of this it's no different than any of us parents sitting here making plans and, and we're making plans for family vacation and we're trying to do that for spring break and it's kind of going chaotic and not, ha- you know, my daughter was the one that contacted me and said, hey mom, can- are we going to go camping? And I was like, ah, I don't know, let me check with the boys. We all got us, sp- this adult and stuff stinks with adult kids. Like everybody's got their own vacation times and all of that stuff. It's not easy anymore, Right. Poor Andy's the only college kid that's like, oh, here's spring break, you know? And so we start talking, and we start kind of making the plans of, okay, yeah, yeah, and the problem is Oklahoma, Arkansas together, which means parks are filling up like crazy. And so Friday night, they opened the gateway for where we want to camp, and when I looked on it, it's almost booked up already. So we kind of kicked it in gear, and and I called Brittany, and we were like, okay, so are y'all still on for spring break? And then she's like, Are we doing that? I don't. And she just had a meltdown on me. That like, as if I was bringing it to her. And I was like, "You asked me, hon. <sighs> like I wasn't even thinking about this till you called me. I ain't putting the pressure." And so we finally left the phone call with. Guess what? Dad and I are making reservations. Somebody's camping. We don't know who, right? So fellas, if you Thomas starts needing a camping buddy, we we got two camp spots ready to go. But. I was just like, you know, kind of that parent disappointment of like, I thought you wanted to do this, and then I'm not sure anymore. And then I thought about the heart of God. The people just cried out, yeah, we want what you're offering. We want to serve you. And when in a matter of six weeks, 40 days, they're lost in that short of a time. In a month and a half, things have went wrong. And so I thought as a parent's heart, how God's heart breaks. God is trying to redeem us to be with him. He wants to be with us. Now there's consequences to what's going down by the way. God knows this is not a shock to him. That's something we always have to remember. We read it and go, "Oh, how dare they?" But God knew He knew what was taking place at the bottom of the mountain. Verse 7 said when he's talking to Moses, he said, quick, go down the mountain. I love this. Your people whom you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Like God wasn't even claiming them anymore. Hey, Moses, those are your people now. You know? Kind of kinda, even made me think back to the Garden of Eden. Remember when Adam said, well, that woman you gave me, right? And God said, hey, Moses, those are your people. And he even went further in verse 10. Not only does he call them your people, he says, and by the way, I'm so fed up. I'm ready. I'm done with them. Forget what I said to Abraham like you're going to be it now, Moses. Your descendants will be the ones. A.K.A., that means the millions of people they're no longer part of this he was ready to start over again and moses goes whoa uh-uh he's like i think we need to talk about this god and when i first read this i was like god what are you doing like you not you don't promise one you're not going to be wiping people out again like you did at, at the ark so i know you're not going to kill everybody but like you made a covenant lord I think this was really a test for Moses. You know, we talked about this last week. Moses immediately, I can't, Lord, I can't do this because and he started naming off. I think this was God's way of testing, are you ready to lead? Because immediately Moses stood up to God. He wouldn't stand up to Pharaoh, remember? And he just stood up to God the creator. That's that's pretty bold. He stands up, he says, Whoa, 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 whoa. These are your people, <laughs> and you made this promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, God, you, you can't be changing your mind on this. And so, in essence, the, the Bible says that it changed God's mind. In other words, it, it refocused, right? Again, I truly believe that this was more of a test than anything. I think this was more of a test, but he said, this is what Moses said. He said, you need to turn away from your fierce anger, change your mind about the terrible disaster you've threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you bound yourself with an oath to them saying, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven. I'll give them all this land that I have promised to your descendants and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. So Moses, though, he responds. He's got God at a, a place of like, okay, let's, let's everybody take a breath, right? And he goes down the mountain. He's got the stone tablets that God himself has written out the Ten Commandments for him and written down all the instructions they need. And when he gets at the bottom, he sees them worshiping this golden calf and moses becomes so angry he winds up throwing the tablets down and it's like oh, what was you thinking like you was holding the most precious thing right but he throws it down he even winds up taking this calf they've created now he he burns it grinds it down and throws it in the water makes them drink it i'm like and some alternative method woman would have said, go, that's good for the system. I don't know. I, you know, that one just kind of cracked me up. they ain't <laughs> going back after that goal. No pain in that one. But in the end, now this seems, this seems so callous. In the end, 3,000 people wind up having to die for this, right? Because they have went against God. Now remember, their justice system was a whole lot different back then than it was today. Like you just dissed your mama and daddy and you got stoned to death. All the parents are side-eyed and their kids in here. Yeah, I'm just telling you, it was a different time. And this is one of those times that the Bible is descriptive, not prescriptive, by the way. Okay? But honestly, when it, it talked about, because there was this one verse that I, I kind of struggled with, Verse 29. And Moses told the Levites, they were the ones that wound up having to kill the ones that had went against God. He said, today you've ordained yourselves for the service of the Lord, for you obeyed him even though it meant killing your own sons and brothers. Today you've earned a blessing. And I was like, that's more of Like, what do I do with that, Lord? <laughs> Any of you find him when you're reading through the Bible, you're like, what do I do with that, right? But it brought me to, do you remember when Jesus talked about how family member would turn against family member he said i didn't come to bring peace i came to bring a sword now he wasn't talking this sword thank goodness but he was talking when we choose to serve him sometimes it will even split a family up when we make those choices Verse 17 and 18, though, was some of those verses that I stopped to ponder on because it said, when Joshua heard, so him and Joshua coming down the mountain, he said, Joshua heard this boisterous noise of the people shouting below them. And he exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like a war in the camp. But Moses replied, no, it's not a shout of victory, nor the welling of defeat. He said, I hear the sound of a celebration I stopped and really looked at those words. Because when I think of victory, you think celebration, right? So that made me think there has to be a distinguishing factor. And when I looked at those words, so victory is talking about mastery. It's, it's everything we think of. When, when somebody has won a battle, you have victory. There's power and there's strength in that voice. Defeat, we know what that is. They've lost the battle and, and they feel overcome and, and it's downcast, right? But this word for celebration is a word that can mean sing, but with the connotations of looking down on or browbeating someone, right? Kind of like you're testifying. So it's the fact that they are celebrating, they are singing, they are testifying to this golden calf. And he recognizes there's something wrong with this, right? And you have to understand... I, I kind of read a version where we, we think, oh, Aaron, you really messed up. But actually, there's a, a thought that in the Jewish writers, Aaron may have been trying to bide time and save his own hide. Like Because when it says they come together around him, that's actually like the mob showed up, right? And so in this calf, maybe it was sort of a half-hearted attempt at him to... Try to keep them focused on God because the golden calf is something that a God would set their feet on to use as a footstool, right? So maybe it was the fact that he's like, okay, so here's this little God, but remember it said in there, he built an altar because tomorrow we're gonna worship the Lord. He's still trying to keep them pointed up. So he was compromising. I don't think that it was so much that he was just like, oh yeah, Moses, he let us down again. Let's go this way. I think he was trying to compromise. But Moses hears them with this celebration. Church, what if we're not a whole lot different than those Israelites are? What if we are settling for a celebration instead of a cry for victory? What if we're making compromises? What if we're so worried about the things of worship? Man, this couldn't have been more perfect, Diane, that we had to set aside what we're used to up here, right? And my, my whole prayer this morning was, God, I know it's different, but I want people to still seek you today. I want them to be focused on you. Because what if we get so worried about the things of worship, we forget who we worship? That is possible. Every single time. Every single time. Because we worship the God who never gives up on us. You see, even as crazy and frustrating as it is as we're reading about the Israelites, the great part is God never gives up. The whole time he's talking about how Aaron is going to be the priest that helps them worship. Aaron was falling at the bottom. God knew that, and he still used him. Do you understand me, church? No matter where you're sitting that you think you've fallen, God still wants to use you. He still wants to be with you. So we worship the God who never gives up on us. We, we worship the God who has given everything to be with us. We're in that season of Lent leading up to Easter. And it's all about the Messiah coming. Why? It's not so much so we get to heaven. It's so that heaven comes to us. (laughs) And see, when Jesus comes back again, it's all about the kingdom coming here, not us going there. This world ain't going to blow up and us go to heaven. This world gets renewed into what it was meant to be. For God to be here. That tells me God loves His creation. He loves His people. But so often we get caught up in the fall of things, how we mess up, and we miss that God wants to see us with victory because we worship Yahweh. Stand with me this morning. Sometimes I think we we get stuck in a rut or we just, we get stuck asking that question, God, is there more? There is. There's victory. There's a point where no matter what you've let yourself slip into, you can always come and say, God, I'm sorry. Because, I mean, Aaron fell to the point of allowing people to worship other gods, and God still used him. Church, where are you at this morning? How willing are you to say, God, I I want to be available for you to be in my life. I want to be that person that you use, Lord, to help lead others to you. Maybe that's you this morning. Lord, we come. Open hearts, open hands, open lives. father these were words on a screen for me this morning but this is your message of who you are you are a god full of yes you you had anger you had you had so much built up against the people that were letting you down but you never stopped loving them and so father i I pray for those today that They've been struggling with their relationship with you. Afraid that you're this God who just wants to give up on us. But you're not. Because we're just at the beginning of the story. And the whole time it's leading up to the Messiah. Your son who will pay the price for every person sitting in this room. And God, it's not just for heaven someday. It's for your presence with us today. And God, it it was done before we came to you. So there's nothing we need to do except open our hearts to you. Someone in here today thinks, if I can just get my life straightened up, then I'll make everything right with God. Nope, that's not how it works. Hmm. Because if we could just get our life straightened up, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ. Father, forgive us for thinking how much we think we control. And God, let, let somebody just open their hearts right now. But Father, we just want community. We want to be loved. And all of that happens through Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit lives with us. And then the family of God comes together. I thank you for every person here. And we pray for every person that is having to join us online today. I thank you for praises that came from online today. We send our our love out to Yvonne today, and, and she is such a part of this church, even as far as she is. And Father, I pray for every person in this room, because as we leave this place today, the enemy is out there lurking ready to beat us down this week ready to snatch away whatever message you gave today so i i pray that your protection be upon people's hearts may the holy spirit hold those things tightly and continue to grow truth in our lives and father as we leave this place we are a blessed people because we've been in your presence and now may we go and bless others in jesus name amen church family, have a beautifully wet day today, but have a good one and go be a blessing to others. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.